Yes, see, I listen to this podcast, as I have done so many times. Every time you ask somebody this question, I always think to myself, and I'm, I'm immediately... I'm immediately brought to like walk on the dog or something. You ask that question because you know that's what I tell this to the podcast. And I always think to myself, oh, what would I answer? And you'd think that I would have something uh, prepared, uh, given that news was going to be on with you. But um, the, the truth is, I remember so so little from my childhood. And, and at the age of ten, I moved from Newry to Newcastle. So there's ten years of my life I lived in Newry, and I remember almost nice. nothing of it. Really? And my little brother's ten years younger than me. I don't remember him being born. I don't remember him being brought home, any of that. Wow. And my memory is terrible anyway, which is a real, in, in this industry, kind of, I think it's why I'm, I'm so kind of socially, socially anxious because I never remember people's names <laughs> and faces. And it's never a personal thing. You, yeah, know, I've, yeah. I've, you know, there's people that I've wanted to impress or the, you know, maybe in the past people have had a crush on or something and yeah. I've not remembered them. That's so it's amazing. Not, so, um, so I think that my memory is so terrible in, 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 in every conceivable way and I don't remember anything about um about my child. I don't remember being a kid like Wow, like nothing. I very little random glimpses. Give I us remember a, give, give us a I remember glimpse. I remember wearing the nineteen eighty five Man United um red, red shirt with the white bits on the shoulder oh, yeah. that they were in the That's he, the kind of details we want on this podcast. Well <laughs> so it's sort of nineteen eighty five kind of Lee Martin um FA Cup final era and um, well sorry that's, that's 1990 but 1985 in the FA Cup final as well sorry I'm getting my years mixed up but anyway I remember wearing that and I remember my mum saying to me you look like you've just um, walked out of the TV because wow. I, was, I was wearing I must have been wearing like the full kit and you know I must have looked like a little shrunken like real life footballer and I remember I genuinely this has probably been my first memory to answer your actual question this probably is my first memory and I remember feeling like 10 foot tall oh my word and I suppose that that is quite you know it really ties in everything I'm sort of doing now and the power of, of kind of grassroots football to make you feel mm. a little bit sort of different when you're you're playing football and you're pulling your gear or whatever so yeah so I guess that's probably my first memory but my memory's terrible and, and I kind of I think that memory is such a such an, an, an underrated uh, trait and mm. I, I curse that my memory is so bad and I think that especially when it comes to you know being academic or the conventional version of clever I think it, it's, it's a huge chunk of that is just having a good memory yeah but you do use the word conventional there and I'm glad you do because like there's loads of great people I love like great writers like you know, Seth Godin's one of them and he's always saying hey memory is a wee bit starting to get overrated because like you don't need to remember anything like you can look things up instantly quickly and you can kind of use your ram your brain power for other things yeah now, well, I, th I think they've got quite good ram but terrible memory and yes it, it's much more straightforward now because you're you know you're you're three or four kind of clicks or whatever on your phone from finding yeah. the information that you need but in this industry that, that i'm in that you're in i suppose and and we were talking about you know open plan offices and interacting with other people that it's a people business. It, it kind of terrifies me a little bit. And that's the reason why I'm not keen on going to social events or after parties. Mm, yeah. Because I walk in and go, I, do, I, I should know these people are, <laughs> they're going to think that I'm, like I'm convinced that half of Belfast <laughs> thinks I'm a bit of a, you know, because I blank them. Mm. And I meet so many bands and I don't remember half of them. And yeah, again, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. nothing. I remember. I remember. <laughs> oh, Rixie, what's the crack? Me? It's so great to see That's you. And you're horrible. like, just burst into tears. No, I can't and then you remember. Did, you do the other thing. Where you, you, you go, I'm, I'm going to assume that this person um, 
that I, I should know this person yeah, yeah, yeah. because I've probably met them yeah. because they're at an event that I'm at. So then I go up and be over familiar and that makes me look like a real weirdo as well. But I'll remember some like real random, like the bass player in some, you know, band that I'm not even that keen on that did a session for us 10 years ago yeah, because, yeah, 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 yeah. because he was wearing a certain football shirt or because he had weird colour of hair, some <laughs> random thing. But I'll not remember the lead singer of my favourite band. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it, there's no consistency to yeah. it whatsoever. So yes, you're talking about conventional memory and you don't, you know, you don't need to, I don't need to, I'm not, I don't care about being academic because I'm not at school. Mm. So that's fine. And you can find out stuff you need to know. And when you're writing, you always get a chance to research. Even when you're on air, you can be looking stuff up while you're totally, talking yeah. to somebody, unless you're, you know, unless you're on TV, if you're on the radio, you can. <laughs> but, so it's not that, it, but it's the, it's the, the people thing. Yeah. So that's why memory, uh, every day, I curse how bad my memory is. <laughs> and I also get lost a lot as well. Seriously? Because, I, yeah, because I'll, if I'm in a, yeah, even driving around Belfast, I'll just not remember, like, I can find my way home and everything. You know? <laughs> well, hey, I was just going to say, Albert Einstein, he's famous for getting lost on his way home because he would get, he would be in his own thoughts so much. Mm, well, so I'll, I'll, I'll stroke you with that I brush think, of genius. Wanna, yeah, you can I'm getting, I'm throwing you lifelines. Come on, man. Take yeah, one, take can, one. <laughs> no, I, like, it's, like, you know, I'm a big Glentoran fan and I've been to every RC ground countless times and I'll still get lost. Like I, I see the maps in my car. Yeah. But the, the, my, I think my GPS in my car is going. What the hell's wrong with this guy? <laughs> Why are you asking how to get it? I've already told you like ten <laughs> times. Why do you still leave? It's kind of you know passive aggressively. You take a left. I told you this the last ten times, and I need that because I, I, my memory's so bad with faces, with places, with directions. So. That's a very long-winded answer to, to your, to your but mate, first we, question. We've absolutely we struck gold uh, in the mining process because that you look like you walked out of the TV. Like, if you don't put that in one of your future books, I'm going to put it in one yeah, of mine. Yeah, that was that a lovely is, thing for my mum to classic. say. And um, and she, she she probably, it was probably the first time my mum had ever seen somebody in a full kit in real yeah. life because, you know, why? And um, and it was, I, I'm pretty sure it was my first sort of full kit that I had. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I do remember feeling... As I say, feeling ten foot tall, and going, yeah. I, I, I may be no different. And you do as a young boy, like words can be so so important. I'm so glad you brought that into what you're doing with the football, and I'd love to touch on that. I feel like I just need to just get this intro out of the way so we can just storm <laughs> straight ahead. So I've got my wee idiot sheet here uh, just to fill. Uh, you guys listening, if you've just jumped on, thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate you. Uh, taking the time out to spend this hour or so with myself and Rigsy. It's so funny. I didn't know your name was David O'Reilly. Yeah, I have to. I have to remind myself of that all the time, and and, and on, on numerous occasions, I've not answered to the name David. You know, my, my most of my family will call me Rigsy and stuff. Yeah. It's not. I, I hate it. I think it's a dreadful nickname. Um, but I'm stuck with it. You know, I love it. Well, then um, we're here with. Uh, by the way, welcome to Best Belfast. This is a podcast that celebrates Northern Ireland and the incredible people in it. Um, if you're not familiar with David O'Reilly slash Rigsy, uh, Rigsy's a broadcaster, DJ, and now an author from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Congrats. You have that title added to you now. Yes. How does that feel? <laughs> oh, incredible. It's awesome, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, it, uh, no one can take, take that away from me. Totally. You know, the book could be utter nonsense. But you've, could, you've done it, and that's that's it just the colossal same. mountain is that you finished it. You it know? could just be a list of sort of high school grievances, <laughs> you know, with really bad spelling and <laughs> like really libelist and and just some weird drawings the whole way through it. Um, none of it could make sense. It doesn't matter. It's 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 out there totally. And I and I wrote it. Well, I can I can <laughs> tell you, like from looking looking at it, it's definitely way more than that. Like it's properly 
professional, real high it's quality stuff. It's a proper stuff. book. It's, yeah. a, it's a proper, proper yeah, it's book. it's got almost all the letters. Totally. Many, di- <laughs> many different words. Yeah. Uh, so Riggsy, he's an independent producer. He hosts two radio programs for the BBC. He's made a number of incredibly prop- popular shows for the likes of Gary Lightbody and Hannah Peel. Uh, fun little story for uh, the listeners. Um, after we interviewed Gary, uh, send him just a quick wee message like hey Gary like I always do do you know anyone great that would be good to interview and the first person he said was you and so really exciting uh, to have you here with us uh, you've also been writing most of your adult life and you've contributed to everyone from NME to the Times uh, David's debut novel that we were talking about Lottie the Raven is launching in October it's inspired by his own instant packed teenage years which I imagine you remember quite a lot of based on mining it for this book yeah. and uh, it's also based on the women's football team which he launched and formed in 2007 so I'm going to ask a reader on a question um, where do you want to start because there's so so much that we could get into we could do the whole oh let's tell the radio story let's tell the uh, getting into kind of being an independent and working for yourself we could talk about writing we could talk about becoming a father there's forking paths and I would love to cover all of them but where do you kind of want to <laughs> where do you want to maybe uh, lead us down to start it's funny like it's, it's also cynical because um you know, on the novel, I'm working with Sarah Hughes, who's this incredible kind of publicist. And, and um, you know, she's been talking to me about this, all the different angles that you yeah, can talk about. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm just like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't really know. Really. Yeah. I just, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whatever. Oh, you talk about this or about that. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, um, I guess uh, I moved to Belfast in, in 1997 to go to uni at Queen's, um, have an absolutely heated hated school mm. but then loved being a university and loved, oh yeah oh i'd be you know I, I a couple of times i've been asked to sort of do talks at schools and i've always said you know whatever you do just try and get to uni like unless you know you've got an eye on a, on a specific trade that doesn't yeah, require yeah, yeah. which is great yeah shout out to all the plumbers listening right oh now. no absolutely oh, but you know if you're sort of not sure don't you just it, it was just such a great stepping stone from from you know being at home, yeah, um, you know, getting with your with your, you know, getting your mom to make your dinner and, and all that, <laughs> and then and the sort of real world. It's a nice little yeah, in between, and I just milked it. The actual course that I did and the classes that I did, I, I could all I can do is shrug. I don't really, <laughs> yeah, whatever. That was a sort of a thing, yeah, yeah, that went on as well. Yeah, but I was up um, flat out torturing people to put on gigs. Uh, there was a magazine at the time. Uh, way before your time, uh, that, that was called BBM. And there was a real weird um, bunch of people who worked for that magazine that I was kind of part of. Nice. And I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Um, there was Colin Murray. So he obviously went on to do all TV stuff. Paul McNamee, who's the um, editor of The Big List. Oh, wow. Uh, Connor Gart, who's a hugely well-respected um, producer. The BBC does stuff Radio 4, Radio Ulster. And these are all people you could no doubt speak to. I know, I'm making a list here. Uh, yeah. um, Maeve Quigley, um, fantastic journalist now based in Dublin. Colin Carberry, who co-wrote um, Good Vibrations, the movie. Oh, wow, with uh, Glenn both, Patterson? Yeah, with Glenn Patterson. Just Glenn Patterson. Colin is a bit more quiet and reserved. Yeah, Glenn's yeah, a bit yeah. more of a of the face of the project. But Colin, I remember that all happening. And uh, Gavin Carville, a bunch, bunch of other people who um, all knocked around. And I was a little bit younger than any of them and very very intimidated by them and um, they've all gone on to do incredible things Mm. and it's funny because it was only when I was thinking back to this 
literally, I don't even know why, a few days ago, I was like, oh, you know, all those people. And I was like, I've done all right as well. Absolutely. Do you know like, what I mean? You're, and, and you're part never, of that group. Yeah, yeah sort of. Totally. But, yeah, yeah. And, but I remember them all coming down to Newcastle and my mum and dad were away. So we were having like a barbecue. I would have been in my early 20s. And I remember this so vividly. And I was talking about having a terrible memory and there is little weird things that I remember really well. And it probably sums me up. I remember sitting around and they were all talking about, like they were, they were all quite like really brilliant people, but quite sort of arty hipstery. The type of people that would talk about their favourite director <laughs> rather than their favourite movie. Yeah, yeah. Or their favourite bass player rather than their favourite singer. Yeah, so they were talking about, oh, I love the films of, you know, yeah. such and such. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick, I suppose, would be, the, would of be the type of thing that they would talk about. <laughs> and I would be going, oh, you know, right, uh, I saw Titanic. <laughs> or whatever. And I remember sort of going off to get a drink or whatever and thinking, I, I watch, like, Friends. Yeah. And, you know, Vic and Bob, and I am such a moron. You know, <laughs> these people are so, I don't belong with these people. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Just and, high culture, like real. Yeah, but it was, I mean, I, I, I have reasonably, reasonably refined tastes. Like, yeah. I'm kind of a, you know, I'm into stuff that's very, very populous. And then I have my own little wormholes that I go down or whatever, you know. Yeah. But I just remember being so ridiculously intimidated. And it was only whenever mm. I was sort of, putting together the plan for putting out the book and some, you know, somebody called me an author, even though it's, a, it's essentially a children's book, and just being really, suddenly feeling really proud of myself. Like yeah, I'd yeah, sort yeah. of achieved, you know, a book, is a, you know, it's a book, it's, totally. it's going to be in bookshops. Yeah. And um, it's going to have an ISBN number and all those sort Woo! of things. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I sort of had to school myself and go, well, don't discount all these other things that you've done, which, have, you know, some have been great and Absolutely. you should be really proud of them. But, you know, uh, so yeah. So anyway, to get to the point, that, that's where I started out as a... Um, as a, as a writer and as a, as a mover and shaker. And I guess, I mean, you know yourself in this industry, you really need to hustle and do lots of different things. Mm. And I learned pretty fast that if I wanted, an in, you know, to work in this sort of music industry or the creative um, industry, whatever you want to call it, you know, unless you're instantly really, like, brilliant at something, mm-hmm. unless you're like, you know, um, like Colin was so good as a broadcaster. Yeah. He was, he was you know, always going to make it as a broadcaster. Or, yeah. You know, people that, that um, really incredible DJs that are going to be able to go off and tour and, and um, you know, writers, all these different things. But I, I was quite, quite good mm-hmm. at uh, um, quite a few things yeah, without yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely excelling at any of them. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. And that'll make you a living. But, you know, I, I, I DJed, I promoted club nights in a band. Um, and writing for different um, people and then doing radio stuff and a bit of TV stuff without ever, you know, showing signs of, you know, running away with any of those things. <laughs> yeah, and that's not yeah, being yeah. hard myself, it's yeah. just the way that it is. But that whole time that I was sort of, I always felt that the, the one thing that I, that I was selling myself short on was was the writing. Mm. So I, I, this comes quite naturally, I really enjoy it. So I always wanted, always wanted to, to write a book. I always felt that I could write a book. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have a story. Yeah. I didn't know what to write about. I had no idea what to write about. Yeah. And um, so that lay dormant in me for 20 years. Wow. Um, yeah. So talk to me a wee bit about, uh, we can have like all these awesome writerly conversations now, you know, tell me about your writing practice, you know. <laughs> I love, I just finished this book uh, for anyone who's interested in this sort of stuff. It's called Daily Rituals. Uh-huh. And this woman, uh, no, I don't actually know if it's man or woman. This person has put together this book and it's got like the the, the 500 daily routines of like the 500 great artists. And it was oh, just fascinating wow. to hear all the weird and wacky and wonderful and sometimes very boring 
uh, routines. Well, what type of stuff? What was, what was the most weird thing that they were like doing? Like people who like set their alarm and get up at 1 a.m. and work until like 1 p.m. the next day and then like they have their dinner and then they go to bed and do it all over again. You're like, no, I don't want to live oh, like God. this. My process right now book would just be a complete, it just wouldn't work in that context. <laughs> Yeah. What was your process of writing the book? Because, oh. you know, you, you do. You're a busy guy. You're a professional. You've got loads of great stuff going well, on. How do you find the time to write a book? Well, last year, I kind of, I suppose I, I in, a, in a career sense, I, I shed my skin. So I presented this radio show called Across the Line, which I grew up listening to. It was my proudest sort of thing to, to get on air on that show, let alone present it. I did it for 20 years. Obviously, had to come to an end. Um you know, I would have stayed on presenting that show and been kind of, you know, taken out of the, out of the studio <laughs> in a body bag, like, you know what I mean? But it was like, right, you know, enough is enough. Yeah. That sounds like I was kind of fired or anything. I really wasn't. It was like, a, yeah, 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 I know. It, it's yeah. time to give somebody else to go. Totally. And then um, off my own bat, I left my full-time post promoting club nights in the limelight on a sister venue, the Academy in Dublin. And... Um, which was which was a very lucrative way to earn a living, mm-hmm. um, you know, really consistent money and all the rest of it. But I was just getting, uh, you know, I'm 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 41 now. I'm 40. I'm I'm the I'm the age. I'm an age where you have to think what age you are and work out. <laughs> That's what age. That's I am. when you know you're starting to get old. If you can't remember how old yeah, you are, 40, I'm sorry, I'm 41. but something's happening. I'm 41, 42 <laughs> December, right? So I'm 41, and. Um, and it was just starting to wreck my head. It was start- and it wasn't starting to. Go- it was- after a long time doing it, it just wasn't going right. Mm. So, I- so I walked away from that, which is a really big deal. And then realised, oh, you know, oh dear, what what do I do now? And um, my wife's pregnant, and um, she was she had a very tough pregnancy, and and she was um, ill during the pregnancy, and. Um, uh, I mean, I, 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 she probably doesn't know this, but I, I, I was pretty convinced that it wasn't going to work, mm. work out for us. And I've seen that happen so many times, and it's just, it's just so awful. Mm. Pregnancy is so terrifying. I mean, for me as the as the man, I can't comprehend what it's like for the woman sure. carrying the person around, you know. But um, and I've seen it happen so many times, quite close to home as well. And I was just like, you know, are we going to get through this? Mm. And and then also in the middle of it, and this is all you know, very quite first world problems, I guess. This next bit certainly, we we're getting some renovations under our house, and um, so I was either living in a building site and, and weighing in a bucket, and living in, you know <laughs> walking around the house like a member of Orbital with little torches strapped to my head, um, and 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 I and I felt like I was falling apart. Like I felt yeah. like I I genuinely felt like. You know, and and I and I, I started taking medication, and 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 just started to go right. Oh, this is, you know, I'm I'm at that age, and I really mm-hmm. felt a bit sort of um, uh, worried about myself. Totally, and and you know, and it's kind of strange because you know the the absolutely wonderful, wonderful um, uh, alterations in, in people's approach to talking about mental health is fantastic. But I think that it all, I almost convinced myself that I was in, in this kind of danger zone because mm-hmm. you'd sort of read all these stats. And yeah, I sort of yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I should say that I, I, I'm confident that I wasn't, that I just got myself into a little bit of a knot. Yeah. And, I, and as I say, I was shedding my skin. And that there's a very happy ending because my career has just taken this completely wonderful new path I'm so grateful for. It. So that's great. But that was to come later. Yeah. So I think just on that, though, like, I think you raise a really, really interesting point. Like, I am all for, like, I've had... Um, 
quite severe mental health issues growing up and mm. something that I still walk through and I'm very confident and I uh, think it's important to talk about. And I love to have, love to hear, you know, us have more conversations about it. I would say the shadow that that son casts is maybe people self-diagnosing very early on yeah. and thinking if, you know, they have gone through a tough time, which we all do, immediately it's like, oh my word, I am about to be sectioned or something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's difficult. It's not helpful necessarily. And it also, it also is, it's not fair on, on people who are kind of almost sort of struggling silently or something. I don't yeah. know. It, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, difficult one to get your head around a little bit sometimes mm. you know whenever you, you sort of feel is this is this what's happening to me now yeah am, am i am i next yes you know am i going to wake up one morning and am i going to yeah. go in a trance and do something stupid yes. and there is that there's a lot of fear around it and there's you know even like things like movies probably don't help where they show real extreme situations and you're like could could that happen to me you know? yeah and, and and with hindsight i was fine you know I, I was struggling and um i needed to the the medication worked very well for me and, um, you know, um, and being quite open about it worked very well for me. Mm. Not that I ever would have had a problem with that anyway, because I don't, you know, that type of thing would never really shame me. Like yeah. I, I would never, you know, which is great, thank, which is, you know, I'm so lucky that, I'm, gift, that, yeah. that it's not something that I would bottle up. And um, so, you know, so I, I, I was okay mm-hmm. with hindsight. Um, but at the time, I just, I spooked myself, I guess. Totally. And what I did, I went in Newcastle, I was staying with my mum and dad, and I wasn't, and it was also unique to have this little bit of time off. I was still doing little bits and pieces of work. I was still DJing and, and, but you know, I had a lot of free time and I, I don't know what to do with free time. I, I fill my free time. I'm mm-hmm. terrified if I get even five minutes, I get really antsy, right? So, so I had, a, I had an idea for a book, went in Newcastle, started writing the book and I, I don't know, I just, I, I could not stop writing. Oh, I was great, just sort yeah. of like... If I don't, if I don't write this, if I don't keep writing, uh, it's almost like I was being chased. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, blah, 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 right, right, book, 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 chapter, book, 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 chapter, title, book, characters, just throwing all this stuff on the page as if, if I didn't, something terrible was going to happen. Yeah, like the time bomb, you were like running up to the very deadline. And because I'd sort of said, I'm writing a book. Yeah. And I told my mum and I told my wife. And I told a couple of friends, you know what I'm doing? I'm writing a book. And that just put all this other pressure on. People were going, all right, you know, if I, whatever. Good, sure. You know, what do you want, a medal? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got, I've told them I'm writing this book. I've got to, you know, yeah. how many words? And then I would do like word counts. Oh, 30,000 words. Right, okay, I need some totally. more. Need some more. Yeah. And Can't then, we hit 35? Let's go, go, go. And then I'll, I'll take a cup of coffee and write another book. And then, you know, seven <laughs> o'clock, have a beer. 10 o'clock, have a gin. <laughs> you know, right there. Need to get some sleep now. And, on, and this went on. F- for four days, right? Wow. And then it was finished. And I was like, right. And then when I told my mum, mum gave me a hug and goes, oh. And then I was like, right. And I felt, oh, I felt so good. I just, it was like, I mean, I don't want to lay it on too thick. Like it wasn't this, you know, wow. But it, 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 just, it was very reassuring. I felt like I'd achieved something. I felt mm. like I'd proved something to myself. Yeah. And I genuinely, genuinely did not care if anyone ever read it, mm-hmm. other than, you know, I wanted my wife to read it. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> well, maybe that's it. And I wanted to be able to read it. I wanted to be able to read it myself, mm-hmm. like in five years' time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I felt better. 
and it was so therapeutic. Again, I, I mean, I want to point out, I, I, I you know, I, I don't want to sort of sound like, you know, I, I was suicidal or anything like that. I don't want to um, make light of, of uh, you know, I, I feel like I had, a, I had a probably quite a mild, yes. um, you know, I was probably on the border of uh, unraveling, essentially. Yeah, that's yeah, how, yeah. that's how I like describe it. I was really just a, just um, confused and, and mm. afraid, I guess, right? Yep. So I, um, so it wasn't like it saved me. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that at all, but it really, whatever little itch or whatever little ache that I had, it just sorted it wow. out and it energized me and I got back on my feet and sorted myself out. Unreal. And didn't, then sort of half forgot about the book and didn't do anything with it for, for well, it was only for months, I suppose. Sure. Until lockdown. And then, of course, you know, you have all this time and you're yeah. like, you know, everyone's learning French or baking bread. or you know. <laughs> um, So that's that's what I then I, that, Then I actually went and, and fixed it because it was just this kind of mess of, of, of words. Sure, yeah. And it always takes longer to fix it than it oh, to write it, absolutely. which is the worst part. Like you, yeah. you have this amazing, you know, burst and you're like, oh, my word, it's finished. And then you come back to it like no, a week later. You're so like, true. no. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. And it's not anywhere near as much fun. Like I was writing the thing, I didn't know what was going to happen. All I wanted to do was make sure the characters were strong. Yes, you know? yeah. And it, I, I like I say to people sometimes, it's like watching a TV show yourself because you don't even know what's going to happen next. Sometimes, and yeah, you, you're kind of moving almost from episode oh, to no, episode. I, I didn't you know? have a clue. I, 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 I didn't. Have, I just wanted the characters to be strong. I was reading a lot of stuff around that time that was um, <clears throat> kind of char- character based, like Norwegian Wood and and um, Bukowski and and. Uh, Stoner uh, and Leonard and Hungry Paul, all books at the same time that were nothing uh, really happened. So there's not a big, strong narrative. Now, there is a narrative in my, you know, again, yeah. my book is for, you know, young teenagers, you know, you can even read it 9, 10, 11, whatever. So, of course, there's a narrative. It's not like this kind of, you know, character study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wanted to start because I love those books because I just loved that they had such strong well-developed characters and you didn't really care what 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 they got up to or you, even just their day-to-day stuff yeah, yeah, was yeah. you you enjoyed learning about yeah so that was my starting point and i wanted it to be you know four strong characters who you could identify with and go well that's that person and they do that and they'd probably do that mm. and then that let me that that completely drove the mm. what would happen because it was just like well what would they do yeah and um it was so much fun and, and like <clears throat> Anybody who's got any passion for writing shorts, like whether it's a short story, I just, you know, just do it. Like it's so, it is so good for you. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, I didn't care whether anyone was going to read the thing or not. And it's like, like, I don't, you know, I don't understand why you would write a book and then go, well, what's the point of writing this if if, if no one's going to read it? Yes. That doesn't make sense to me because Absolutely. what's the point of playing a round of golf or what's the point of watching a movie or what's the point of doing anything? Yeah. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely, yeah. Well, like if we did this podcast and you go, oh, I forgot to record this, would we go, oh my God, what a complete waste of time? Yeah. Go, well, no, because, you know, I'm I'm getting to to, to, to share some stuff and there's, you know, there's two people chatting and that's, that's, a, that's you know, what else would you be doing? Yeah. So, uh, I, I, you know, I would really, I really learned something there. I really learned the, the, the power of creativity and just sort of, I've always been one that's like, well, what's the point of doing this? What's the point of, mm. of, um, What's the point of gardening if 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 a storm comes and blows everything away? It's <laughs> yeah. like, well, it's not necessarily about the end product. It's just about the process, and mm-hmm. it's just about filling the time. Yeah, in a way that's slightly more constructive than, for example, 
sitting watching an episode of Fraser you've seen a hundred times before, <laughs> which I do all the time, and, and which is kind of which is therapeutic in yeah, its own yeah, little yeah. way. Yeah. So um, so whenever I did that, I goes I I I was I've got to, well I don't care if anybody reads this yeah. or not. Um, and it was only when I sent it to my editor who who you know and and she went actually you're really onto something. Yeah. Oh, well, then that, that's something to, the name, as I say, lockdown, it was something to do. Yeah, totally. You know, putting it out there. Um, but then it became kind of hard work and was sort of slightly less fun. Yeah, yeah you have to get your, your welly boots on and trudge through the madness. <laughs> yeah, because it was all like, I sent it to my cousin and she sent, it was like my young cousin and she says, oh, you know, oh, I really love it, really love this character and really lovely, positive, encouraging um, feedback. Shout out to Annie. Go on, and, Annie. Um, she says, oh, you, you know, if you want it to be like, you know, in schools or whatever, you need to take the swearing out. <laughs> I was like, there's no swearing in it. She's going, no, there's definitely swearing in it. I was going, I was going, this, what, what is she talking about? There's no swearing in it. And I read it back and it was false swearing. Really? Like it wasn't like, you know, you know it wasn't like, you know, just absolute F-bombs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't, you know, it was just. We softer I'd, swears, just here and there. Softer swears that I thought might, that might be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, it, well, it transpired that the book was actually for a slightly younger audience than I had realised yes. because <clears throat> inevitably I'd completely underestimated, underestimated how streetwise kids are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a book that I thought was going to be for 14, 15-year-olds is actually for 11, 12, 13-year-olds. Yeah, 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 so that's yeah. something that I learned. And that was fine. I had no issue with that. Yeah. So that was another reason. But it was like, you know, mild swearing that I had absolutely no recollection. I was going, I'm like, well, what the hell else is in this? Because <laughs> I, I didn't remember. I was reading it going, and I do this with my Daily Mirror column every week. If sometimes my dad, bless him, always gets a Daily Mirror. And if I'm home in Newcastle on a Friday and I pick up, and I, I write in the Daily Mirror every Friday, and I'll read it and go, oh, that sounds like quite a good record. <laughs> because it's not, you just write the thing. Oh, man. And I suppose it also comes down to the memory thing, but you write the thing and then it's out there. And that's okay. That's so funny. And um, so anybody listen, if you've ever thought, I can, I've got to just do it. Like, just yeah. do a crack. Even if you, even if you print five copies sure. in your photocopier and work yeah. um, and, and give it to your <laughs> mates, why the hell wouldn't you? That's like? brilliant. So, I mean, you talk about how you always had this desire and it lay dormant for ages and you were waiting for the story. What was it about this story that then made you go, "All right, this is it"? Well, it wasn't. A, I, I guess I didn't have a story because I didn't know what the, I didn't necessarily know what was going to happen. But I just thought, um, well, the first thing was I think I could write a book for young people because mm-hmm. I think that would be my style yeah. of of writing. Um, part of me sort of thinks that that was maybe a bit of a cop out, but with hindsight, I think it's maybe it's it's trickier to write. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I just thought that that was something that I could do. And then because we had set up this team a couple of years ago and um, such a positive energy around women's football, like such a wonderful, it's just on the up, it's on the mm. cusp of something. It's, um, you know, the team that I manage, are, it's just an absolute pleasure working with that team um, because of the the energy and the vibe around the club. And, um, you know, you, you just, you could just um, buzz off it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, I'm sure Jenna, who works here, where, where you work, work, you know, I'm sure she'd tell you that. Um, you know, and, and, and props to my wife because she, if it wasn't for her, the club wouldn't exist. She essentially set it up, and then bless her, she she. Um, I was just going to say she got injured, but she got pregnant. <laughs> yeah, she, she fell pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> I love when people say that. It's like, yeah. oh no. <laughs> but you know, you know, it's, I was sort of joking. Oh, she's out. She's out for nine months. You know, <laughs> she's got a she's got a you know person inside her, or or a or a metatarsal, one of the two. Um, so uh, yeah, so 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 she set it up, 
and then I I turned it from a from a casual kick around into something typical of me. I just blew it all out of proportion <laughs> and ruined all the fun and made it just <laughs> kind of massive monster two teams NWFA sponsorship. You know, anyway, awesome. And I, I I just loved it, and I just thought write a book about women's football, mm. um, based partially on my experiences. Um, you know, setting that club up and, 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 and coaching coaching the women. And then on my own, I mean, it's basically a really weird version of a memoir. I mean, mm. it's a bit weird that I'm writing about my own experiences going up through the perspective of a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> you know? But uh, you know writers have done weirder things. <laughs> yeah, because God bless Lottie and the, 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 the Lottie in the, in, the, um, in the novel. She's had to suffer through some of the horrifying things that happened to me when I was growing up, you know. Although she's much, much, much better built to deal with them than I was mm. ever, you know. So she could at least kind of uh, get her head around them a lot, a lot better than I mm-hmm. ever did, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, actually that guy there, Austin Cleon, he's written a wee book called Steal Like an Artist. And he has this thing where he says every piece of advice that someone gives is just them talking to a younger version of themselves. I feel like maybe as, as you've gone through some of your early experiences, you're like, okay, uh, young Riggsy, maybe this is what you could have done, you know? Oh, absolutely. And that's that was, you know, if there's a message, and there's not really, but if there was a message in this in this book, it would be to just have a little bit more belief in yourself. I mean, I'm, mm. and, and I get the impression that you would probably feel the same way if you were talking to the younger version oh, of yourself. Oh, 100%, yeah. Like, and it's funny, as I speak to you Wednesday morning, last night, I was going through, <laughs> this is so bizarre, for the show that I'm doing at the moment, right, doing a show in BBC and it's a lot of talking, it's a lot of, sort of reminiscing and, and yeah. you know, about growing up and we're doing this thing called Skunder Road, right? <laughs> Just talking about, you know, being embarrassed. And I, I kept all these diaries when I was a teenager. Class. So last night, literally a few hours ago, I was reading through these diaries because I brought them all up to Belfast from the, the, the garage in our house in Newcastle. And then they kind of lay there because I knew that, you know, I was going to look at them for this radio show. I was reading them last night. And it's the the teenage me is just an absolute shit show. (laughs) I was just, uh, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I was so socially inept (laughs) in, 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 you know, in some ways and then really outgoing in other ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I was very, you know, at school I was quite badly bullied on occasion and I can completely see why, not to sort of take the side of the police. Sure, yeah. But I can just go, God, you just did not know how to deal with any of this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I would, you know, if someone had taken me aside and told me even a couple of little things Mm -hmm. when I was, um, you know, 13, 14, 15, I would have had such a more, much more straightforward experience teenage years but that's the thing it is it's like and if you look at people who are able to really push through situations like that when they're young it's usually because someone has come along beside them and like what you were saying earlier about the coaching this is kind of what you're now recreating for younger people it's someone yeah an older voice to at least through the vehicle of football and through the vehicle of sport just to speak a bit of encouragement into their lives you know well we we i mean our team is an adult team so we don't you know we don't have um we don't have kids. The sort of version of the of the Belfast Ravens that's in the novel is um, is, is made, there isn't an, an underage Belfast Ravens team. The Belfast Ravens team is a senior team. Sure. So, but I, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would love to. T- but it was just little things like, you know, I can see, I can see why I was I was catnip to bullies like because I didn't, I didn't, you know, 
I, first of all, so I, you know, I was big and gangly and awkward in my own skin, right? And just I would flail about the place. So just one look at me, you could see a bully going right. There's there's a target, yeah, right? Yeah. So bully would come after me, and you know, the, of all the things that I could say in response, I would just make it worse because I would sort of sort of try and stand up to them, but in the worst conceivable yeah. way yeah. that just played into their hands instead of just going. Well, like a simple thing like calling a bully a bully. Yeah. You know, and, and this is a this is not something necessarily only applies to, to, oh, to young people. Oh, 100%. You know, calling calling somebody and being a bully yeah. is is so powerful. If you go to somebody, you know, you're a bully. That, that you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you say to your mate, stop showing off. <laughs> it's the worst thing you can say to somebody. The balloon just deflates. Oh, stop showing off. <laughs> if, if, especially if they're with a girl, like in front of a girl yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. That's also something you could do at any age. <laughs> but I would never have thought to do that. And there was like a guy in my class at school. He was a big guy and um, kind of heavy and strong. And, and, um, and he was all, he wanted to like fight me. Sure. And um, he was constantly going, I'm going to battery after school. And and I would always go, you know, and all I needed to say to that guy was, why would I fight you? You're like about three or four divisions above me. And, you know, and also, why would I fight anybody? I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. Wh- why, why would I do that? Yeah. And I think that probably would have worked or at least they, at least they would have moved on to somebody else. But sure. I wouldn't have done that. I would have either got myself into the fight and then being too scared to, to defend myself or ended up hiding or just made myself sick with anxiety yeah. and not knowing how to deal with it. Yeah. And I mean, that's quite an extreme example, but my entire teenage years was just a series of that type of thing of not really knowing how to how to deal with anything and not knowing how to deal with liking a girl and not knowing how to deal with getting in trouble and just being this completely, just waking up every morning and being really bewildered. Sure. And, um, and you know, and then my little brother, he went to a brilliant school. I mean, I don't want to diss my own school, but he went to the integrated school, which was mixing. I went to an all-boys school, which is so draconian and antiquated. <laughs> like an all-boys, um, all-Catholic school. I mean, what? come on. That, you don't, it's just the stupid, stupidest thing on both counts. Having all the boys together is, I mean, how do you... How do you do, like? And it was okay. It was good for me because I had sort of things like football and well, not so much football, but like orchestra. Because there's always, you know, yeah. I was always in the orchestra. I was always a musician. What was your instrument? Well, I played the piano. I was a piano teacher for years. Unreal. Um, but uh, you know, I played the trumpet and, and different instruments in, in the orchestra. So I, that was I, that was good because then I, I met girls. A bit of integration. <laughs> yeah, I met girls and Protestants. What? Know? And and that was, you know, and that was fantastic, right? <laughs> so, you know, but a lot of people in in mates of mine who maybe lived in the country and maybe didn't into those things, they they didn't maybe meet. So then you had, you know, you go to university and you'd just be meeting all these girls. You'd just be going, and and it's just it's just it just blows my mind. And that's before you then you get to the idea of okay, let's take all the, all the, all the Catholics and send them to us, all the Protestants send them to us, and then I mean, what is the thing? How oh, is oh, that man. a good idea? Yeah, it just I mean. Chaos. And it's not like I'm not. Of course, there's you know there's all these people that sort of integrated and they do all, all these um, charities and and um, societies and and movements to try and kind of fix this and and that's fantastic. But and you know I'd like to be a part of that and I, I kind of um, have been a part of out of the integrated education fund and all of that and I've always want to help them out in any way that I can if I can. But putting all that aside, just looking at it, 
you know, in, in a fundamental, it just blows, it just it blows my mind. It's like, yeah. why, why is this a thing? Yeah. You know, what the hell, what is different about this type of segregation and other types of segregations that are deemed to be, you know, m- you know, brain meltingly moronic? Yeah. There's no difference. So anyway, I don't really understand, I can't really remember what my point was, but yeah, um, I, I, I was just, it was a, it was a shambolic mm-hmm. teenage years. Mm-hmm. And um, and I guess that's what I've what I've I've drawn upon, and everything that happens to Lottie in the novel happened to me. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely it's informed by your own experience. Uh, the yes. book is informed by your own experience. How has your process of becoming a father um, been like for you in general, and how has kind of like these experiences informed how you you plan on walking forward into that kind of well, role? I mean, we, we talked about this before we started and we both were just going, how awesome Absolutely. is being a dad? It is just, I mean, I... Because I, your wee girl's called Lottie too. So she's called Lottie, yeah. So the book wasn't originally wasn't called, the book was originally called Lisa the Raven after yeah. my wife. And then we had Lottie and I said, I'm going to change the name. And she's like, <laughs> what are you... <laughs> she, this she, was my special thing. Raging. And I was like... <laughs> So that was literally a, a kind of a, you know, when you on, on Word or whatever, you just find a word and change uh, Yeah, all. replace all. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. So I just did that and then and I just changed the title as well. But um, so, yeah, so so whenever, so Lottie's six months, is speak to you, um, nearly seven months, actually. Um, and uh, it's just been incredible. The pregnancy, very, very tough. Mm. Um for Lisa, obviously, I mean, tough, for, tough for me in a, in a, as well. Absolutely. But I'm not. I'm, yeah, I mean, you should have almost not allowed to say that, which is a little bit unfair. But you, you, you do take on a role of like a carer, and like, well, it's not. And I probably, I probably wasn't even a particularly good carer, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm honest, because you just don't understand. Yeah, you know. So it was, it's, it's frustrating, but it does not compare to the the trauma of actually, of course, of you know. So, but it did. But I also sort of think that it's unfair to completely dismiss. That, yeah. That it's tough that the any of the guys just it's a complete breeze. It's tough, yeah. you know, because you're so scared. And totally. I was terrified. And I, I didn't I hid that from 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 my wife. Um and the actual pregnancy. Uh, sorry, the labour. I mean that that's gonna be tough anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even a perfect hundred percent textbook labour. What like, do you think about it's that? Still, it's still this is still a pretty tough job right now. <laughs> you know, and I, I think the the, the Lisa's um uh, uh you know, I think that it was very tough. Mm-hmm. Even you know in the skip, but even if it had been, even the, if you think about that, like you know, that's gonna that's gonna smart like that's hundred percent, you know, hundred <laughs> percent, you know. So I'm sort of standing there. You know, it's actually like it's a feat of wonder. Like it yeah. just you can't even imagine that it, it is it is possible, and yet here we are walking around. We've all been through it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just and 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 again, it was. Yeah, just being there and, and making a balls of some of it and not being as supportive as you, as you should be or saying the wrong thing. I did all of those things. And, and um, you know, it was it was it was a, a difficult, mm-hmm. a difficult uh, spell. But um, actually having Lottie, which is which is with the bit that ever so many people. I mean, I told you about this friend of mine saying to me, um <laughs> I'm not naming them, although I kind of want to shame them, but I should not have said this. Saying to me, um, oh, see, the first six weeks, it's like, um, it's like, being, it's like being at war. It's, it's like what I would imagine, you know, like Vietnam or something, right? <laughs> well, and then they said to me, um, they said to me, you know, if someone had a came around to my house, rang a doorbell and said, like, where from, 
I don't know. We're, we're going to take your child. Yeah. We're from Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take your child and they're going to have a really great life and they'll be fine and they'll be safe and they'll be well loved and all of that, but you'll never see them again. He said he would have taken that. Mental. Uh, you know, obviously you'd like to think he would but he that's, would have gone but that's on the stuff that it. people say like it's like whenever you you're, you get married or you're thinking about being in a long-term relationship like people come at you with all these horror stories or all this kind of drama and doom and gloom and oh you're shining your life away and blah, blah, blah. and then actually you're like wait this is supposed to be quite a wonderful experience but challenging yes but great. i for i didn't find that at all now i mean lisa i she was always going to be incredible like i mean she's she's She'd be very, um, you know, she would be have done all the reading and done all mm. the research, but but also combined with just naturally being good at it. Yeah, and um, you know, so she was always a uh, uh, she was always going to smash it. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, I always felt like I was going to be, you know, I was I had, you know, I have a younger brother and a big mess of cousins and stuff, so plenty yeah. of experience with 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 kids, but. Um, so it's you know I was kind of confident that we that we would be okay, and we've you know we, it's been tough and, and there's been bits that we've had to learn and and you know we've had to get used to the sleep patterns and all of those things, um, but it's been I've absolutely loved it. It's yeah. been just the it's been such a pleasure, yeah. every single little aspect of it, um, and as I was saying earlier on as well, it's not like as if you know. You know, if I was away from Lottie for a day or two, I would really miss her. Mm-hmm. Of I miss her, but it's not—it's not necessarily like that. Yeah. But it's just been on a on a mechanical, practical level. <laughs> it's not been hard work. Yeah. It's been incredible. I I love it so much, mm-hmm. and 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 I can see that you do too. And I don't know what happened to that guy. And I know that he loves his kids and all of those things, but I don't know what went. Maybe people talk about colic. Mm. Lottie doesn't seem to have any of those kind of issues. Yeah, yeah. And, or maybe she will. Maybe it's all going to go tits up for us. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> and maybe we're just, you know, it's just this first six months. We'll look back and go, oh, she was great. And then, yeah. you know, she, maybe she'll have something or other. Sure, or sure. Flux or, so I don't know. Yeah. And it could be tough. I still, I'll still say, you know, I wouldn't want to give her away. Like, that yeah. kind of titty bite, you know. <laughs> but it's, 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 I've, I've just, I've just loved it. It's, it's been so, so much fun. And there is a character in the novel who, um, who's Lottie's dad, who is probably based on, um, maybe not so much based on me, but based on, on what I think I will turn out like. Because mm. obviously Lottie's fourteen, and my Lottie's only the real Lottie's only six months. But, so you'd be what fifty five ish? Yeah, well that doesn't really work because yeah, <laughs> um, the, the the dad in the book had Lottie when he was very young. I, I, I had Lottie when I was. Um, Again, what are you doing? Forty one. So uh so that doesn't really work as a concept. But yeah, it's what I would imagine I would I would be like as a dad. You nice. know, it's just well meaning, overbearing, bit annoying, <laughs> but heart in the right place, trying his best, getting it wrong. Yeah. I mean he's a single father as well, so that has its own challenges, which um thankfully I don't. Uh so that that character's also I guess if, if Lottie's based on my on my past uh, Lottie's dad is probably based on my future mm. so I think that's probably where those characters come from I love that I think like even just hearing you talking about all this sort of stuff that sounded like I got emotional there I had a wee voice crack <laughs> yeah no, it's, just, it's just it's just you know um, like it's so strange I mean and, and it's all the cliches and it's all the stuff that you're told but I guess having a baby during lockdown has been unusual as well and, and again you'll know this but we had Lottie 4th of February so 
Everybody got a little bit of a go on her. Everyone got to meet mm. her and and to, to nurse her. A go on her. That's such but a you know good I mean? way to put it. But you know, and um, and then and then it was lockdown. Yeah. Right. And um, so that was that. Mm-hmm. So and you're sitting and um, you're watching TV and all these heart and you just the whole world seems to be mm-hmm. crumbling. And Lottie's just sitting in the corner, just not giving a shit. Loving life. And just. <sighs> just always making silly little noises and then she'll learn a new noise and then and then she'll make that noise she'll make that noise loads because you know, whether it's like blowing a little raspberry or <laughs> and you know and, and it was just the best tonic and I think that that's why well you don't need a reason to love your child but I think that's why the, the, the it's been so intense mm. because uh, you know I Having it, having that little creature in our house during all of that chaos, mm-hmm. um, which is still going on, obviously, but just what a tonic! I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better. All, all everyone sort of taking up all these hobbies or stuff totally. to try and get them through it. I mean, we had the best hobby of all. Yeah, you know, just a reason, a reason to get up every morning, a, a real sense of routine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just something in- incredibly positive and rewarding to mm-hmm. be at. Um, throughout all of that so Definitely. you know we'll be able to tell Lottie you know you really helped us out like big totally, time you know totally. because I don't know what we we just, we just would have lost our minds yeah. you know and, and um, I, I, I almost sort of feel sorry for, for people that, that, that struggled during lockdown that didn't have something like that totally. because I, I just I, I don't know how things would have panned out I would have found it very difficult Definitely. I'm not built for lockdown and neither is my wife for very different reasons mm-hmm. I mean Lisa would be quite nervous about kind of health stuff anyway and she mm-hmm. she knows she I wouldn't necessarily but I, I I'm not very good at having to you know not being able to DJ not being able to earn yeah, not being totally. able to all that sort of stuff so for very different reasons I think we really really would have struggled yeah but having Lottie knocking about just made um made everything okay yeah you know and uh, yeah and I think the the really nice thing about the book and like a really proud thing for you that now you've finished it is that, like you said, it's always going to be there. And when Lottie is older, Lottie can read this. Well, yeah, it's dedicated to Lottie and, and she can read it and she can be absolutely mortified that I have, <laughs> um, you know, that I've associated her, even if it's just by her name, with this slightly socially awkward, action-prone <laughs> um, teenager that gets herself in all sorts of scrapes. You know, uh, so in one way she might be absolutely mortified. But that's, that's again, that's... You know, I don't want to. It was never written as a, as a. You know, it was never written to to earn big bucks, and it's actually relatively cheap to to publish a book. Surprisingly, so yeah, books themselves aren't expensive. Yeah, so it's not a. It's it's a kind of a risk free. Well, not risk free, but it's not going to break the bank to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I could turn around and say, yeah, if only one person reads this book, I'm happy. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah, Nonsense, because obviously, I would like lots of people to read it. Totally, I, I think that you know people will enjoy it. Um. But there's a little bit of that. Yeah. I'm not really that bothered if, you know, if it sort of disappears into the ether because it'll always have it. Totally. And, you know, I know it's not awful, <laughs> which is a good start. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it is what it is. It's and awesome. I'm, and, I'm, and uh, it's, 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 it's passed the time wonderfully. And it's just something that I can... That I, could, that I can say that I've done and it's something that I can show Lottie and go, look, you came along whenever I was putting this out and, and you know, there's all these little photos of you helping me promote this book together yeah. and yeah. there's a photo of me and you, you know, and you're, you're in your Raven shirt and I'm in my Raven shirt and we're holding it up and that was a photo that was used in the papers to promote it. And that's just, it's just something, 
you know, she was she was put to work from a very young age, <laughs> helping, me, helping me shift units. <laughs> She's earning her rent. Well, that's that's up, yeah, because you know, if if you if I you know if I hold up a picture of of me holding the novel, you know, that's thirty forty likes. Sure, I stick Lottie in there. You know, she's she's <laughs> she she's a hundred likes straight away because she's so insanely cute. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to utilize that. <laughs> of course, love it. And and that's not even that. Even you're laughing, and it's funny, but it's completely true. Sure, yeah. yeah. So I'll tell her, yeah, you you know, if it wasn't for you, you mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that I would have I would have sold as many copies of that book as I did. Totally. So so I'll be able to, she'll be able to look back and she'll say, oh, whenever she was six months old, this is this is the type of thing that she was, she was she was she was I was kind of pimping around to sell just just to shift some units. Brilliant, brilliant, <laughs> man. Um, Kind of shifting gears then. There's a, My voice is, is cracking all over the place today. What's that all about? Oh, man. You, you maybe maybe you finally you've got the... I've got the daddy, the data motions, you know. Yes. I've just cracked. I've just, you know, I'm so... <laughs> I was going to say coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> um, always start to kind of land the plane in the interviews with uh, the same stock questions, questions we ask everybody. Uh, the first of which being the big one. And it's just simply uh, what has been the most challenging moment so far. And... If you don't mind sharing, how are we able to overcome it? Well, I think that... The, and the if most, you shared it, then that's fine. The, the most challenge... Yeah, I think I probably... I mean, last summer and, and, and kind of hitting 40 and, and you know, again, in this industry, um, it is... I don't want to say ageist because I sort of... I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that it's unfair. Mm. But, you know, when you get to, to a certain age, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to maintain a level of enthusiasm in certain projects totally. that, that is required. You know, yeah. promoting club nights, DJing loads, um, you know, uh, talking about new 20 year old bands you can still do it of course sure but it's just a little more challenging and and um for a bunch of reasons um uh last summer i i think i've already used the term shed shed my skin and and mm-hmm. um and that was terrifying but it sort of needed to happen and um and uh it was very tough and um i mean this novel really helped me through it and and loads of other things really helped me through it then of course you know, having a child, the, the cherry on top, really, and that, and then I, I came out the other side, and I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of myself because, I mean, this industry's tough. Like, I mean, you know, you really are such a cliche, but you're only as good as your last mm. success, whatever that might be, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, and, and and for example, running club nights, I ran a really successful club night in uh, in the Sif Kitten, and, and then we moved it to the Limelight, and and um, and it kind of survived through. You know, changes in music and changes mm. in you know generations and different yeah, people yeah, coming yeah. through and on, and then uh, finally, probably because I just started to to, to lose that little bit of a spark, mm-hmm. it started to get a bit rubbish, and you know, then I kind of walked away from all of that, mm-hmm. and um, uh, that's you know, it's and then stopped doing across the line. That's difficult because it's it, the, the, those things are part of your identity and yeah. they're part of who you are, and, and and to sort of wake up one morning and not sort of have those things was was. It was terrifying, mm-hmm. and being a freelancer, and it just didn't, you know, it just didn't know if it was going to be able to, to, you know, pay the rent and all of the. Well, that's maybe a bit melodramatic, but you, know, you do think would, like that, you know, because the freelance life is, you know, you, you're always kind of working yeah, for the next. And I'm thing. not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a very good hustler, you know. Um, to go right back to what we we're talking about at the very start, I'm not the type of person that'll be out networking and, mm. and hustling for work, and I had to sort of push myself to do that a little bit, and. Um, 
and I got through it, thank God. So, so yeah, that's that's the last summer 2019. Although <laughs> it's kind of weird, sort of going right. You know, 2019 was just the worst year of my life in a way, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But 2020 has been great <laughs> because everyone's going to look back at 2020 as being this fantastic sure. year. Exactly, you know? exactly. Like at the end, everyone's sort of doing their, you know, New Year's Eve, and they go, "What a year 2020's been!" You know, it's been an absolute <laughs> disaster. I'm going to be going. It's been fantastic. Love we had it. Lottie, and I got my book out. And Class. yeah, so I good. don't care about anything that's going. <laughs> on in the world you know the whole world fell apart but hey i got a new book yeah and look at how cute my daughter is here but you know that that's just the way we live our lives sometimes yeah you know obviously 2020 has been incredibly challenging but it's been it's been challenging for everybody i guess so you sort of write that off as almost well of course it's been challenging but you can only you can only reflect upon how you've dealt with it or what's going on you know and it's not selfish to do that because that's why would you sort of you know yeah but yeah so uh so overcoming um a complete kind of leap of faith in 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 my career. It's awesome, Berlin. What about the most successful moment? Um, I suppose, my goodness, in a in a in a career way, um, with across the line, we did a gig at the Ulster Hall in two thousand and nine, and everybody said yes. Mm. It was the reopening of of the Ulster Hall, and we asked all our favorite bands, thinking, right, we'll ask fifteen bands, and yeah. if if five say they can do it, and they all did it, wow. like Snow Patrol, Divine Comedy, took Special Therapy. Uh, it was just, it was incredible. Um, the show we did at the Ulster Hall, but from DJ perspective, I mean, sketchy at its peak in the Stiff Kitten, you know, sort of two thousand and seven to two thousand and eleven, it was a special little um, its own little universe, really, mm. and and. Um, they were great times, and I'm I'm really proud of 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 that little era. Um, for for a lot of people in, in Belfast, it was it was uh, um, going to that club night was was part of their sort yeah. of uh, their upbringing almost. Their, yeah, you know, yeah, when yeah. they were when they come up to Belfast going to university, and and um, so I look back uh, on all of that. Uh, with pride, it's slightly concerning that both those things are like happened ten years ago, which sort of suggests <laughs> it had been in a downward curve. Which well, is, you know, you know, if I ask you this question next year, it'll be you know the book being launched and da da da. da so you've got yeah, maybe you've got so. Plenty going for like, it. I don't know. It's all like you, you know, know, half the stuff that I do is there's other people that get credited for it. So it's it's all it's really difficult to pinpoint something. Mm. You know, sometimes just getting up in the morning is is an achievement in itself. Yeah, you, know? you said it. Totally, totally. Um, if you could take anyone from Northern Ireland out for a cup of coffee or a pint, well, you see, this is this is this is another <laughs> one that I know from having listened to the podcast, um, and 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 I and I always sort of ask myself in my head, who would I take out? Yeah. And you see, I, I wouldn't want to take out like somebody. You know, the obvious one, something like, you know, you'd like to take out, I don't know, uh, Michael O'Neill and talk about the Euros, or you'd like to take out, um, you know, if it's dead or alive, you know, George Best or whatever, yeah, or, yeah. or Van Morrison. Although Van Morrison would be good, because I'd just like to know what... Enigma. Like, well, just like, well, how, so does he, elusive. how does he order his <laughs> coffee, or, yeah. you know, does he take red sauce on his chips? <laughs> it's like, I'm really fascinated with people, like, even like, you know, think about, like, the Queen. Yeah. I'm not royalist in any stretch of my nation, sure. but I'm really interested... You know, and, and sitting down for dinner and, yeah. and and having a Chinese and just like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you Fam, get McDonald's? <laughs> Fam Morrison is such a such a big deal that I suppose I would be interested just on a on a. I just would like to, but I wouldn't want to have to talk to him because I, I don't want to. I don't like to have to talk to anybody that I don't know particularly well. Yeah, yeah. So to answer your question, I would probably go with somebody like Jerry Kelly, mm. right? The presenter Jerry Kelly, not the politician. <laughs> who um, I am lucky enough to have had numerous conversations in the BBC canteen. Always loved his company. Yeah. 
always very indiscreet talking about um <laughs> I grew up watching the, the Kelly show on a Friday night, like I loved it. And it was always quite indiscreet but behind the scenes. Yeah, I was yeah, telling yeah. you a few sort of yeah. spicy stories about <laughs> such and such. So, and um and I'm very comfortable around him because yeah. he's just such a lovely guy. So in the interests of, of not having to feel anxious talking to somebody that I don't know particularly well and, and being nervous around somebody, I would probably just go with the likes of Jerry Kelly or, or, or Hugo Duncan or somebody that I already the know lads. and I'm comfortable around. Where would you go? I'd probably just go to the pub. I'd love to go. I'd, I'd love to go and play like a round of golf with Jerry. These are things that could actually happen. Like Jerry Kelly. Now we can make dreams come true. Yeah, because he <laughs> plays golf like every day. I'm sure like, yeah. I'd love to go play golf. And then just, like, I'm terrible at golf. I'm not a golfer, but, like, I could rattle my way around and around and then go for a pint. Um, how middle class is that? You know, <laughs> I know sometimes you hear yourself back, you're like, what have I become? But you know what? I do enjoy it. It's all right. Well, listen, if you're asking me, you know, I could do one thing, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest about it. And it could totally. be as, as, as silly, but that's not that. That's actually something that I could do. You yeah. know, it's not as I'm saying. Well, there you though. go. You've got a few WhatsApps to send after this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or I, maybe call a few landlines. Actually, would be. I actually had this fantasy in my head that I was going to go for a round of golf in Royal County Down with Jerry Kelly the day before my wedding, and my dad went, "That's the stupidest idea you've ever had." <laughs> Royal County Down, like it would take you an hour to play a single hole on that course. That is not the type of thing that 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 you you should be at. But. um yeah, maybe one day. Hey, <laughs> it's still summer, sort of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make it happen. Um, three kind of quick fire ones then. Okay. Favorite takeaway in Northern Ireland? Um, and a chari from the Archana. Oh yeah. So it's Indian in the Dublin Road. Um, yeah, I do like a, I do like an Indian. So. Um, yeah, I'd probably go or the barbecue pizzas from, from Domino, like a barbecue pizza. Mm. But I'd probably say to keep it kind of nice and local. The Archana and the Indian and the Dublin Road's absolutely fantastic. Um, they don't do deliveries, or they did during lockdown. Maybe do now. You have to go and pick it up. So it's a wee bit of a defeat, slightly defeats the purpose. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if I'm making a bit of an effort, I would I would go and grab something from there. Right. Uh, favourite place to get ice cream in Northern Ireland? Um, well, there is an ice cream shop about 30 seconds from my house. So again, for convenience, I would I would just go to Mods around the corner from where I live at the top of the Craigie Road, just Epic. to reveal where I live. <laughs> and um, but I, it's really it's a really it's open all the time. It's open to like really every time I pass it, it's open. It's the weirdest place, and it just serves ice cream. You can't even get like a coffee. In it. <laughs> it's and a purist. It's open like. I think it was like probably on a Christmas day. Like it just seems to be about all. I think it's maybe like a front for for like some kind of weird organisation. <laughs> I should say that I have absolutely no evidence to suggest. <laughs> yeah, to do. yeah. Uh, hang on, our lawyers are stepping yeah, in. By the way, it's just Rixie an ice cream does not shop, actually believe that there's any just, illegal activity going on here. <laughs> yes, but it just seems to be open all the time. So yeah, I like ice cream with with some with like bits in it. Oh yeah, like 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 so. Whether that's like uh, what do they call it? Like I think it used to be called Pooh Bear, and then they were again the lawyers are stepping back in. They're like Disney's going to sue you. Yeah, so they had to call it. Pur- <laughs> I think they call it Pooh Bear. It's Pooh Bear now. Pooh yeah. Bear, which yeah. which is actually Pooh is a really hard word for Northern Irish people to say. Anytime I've been like traveling, I try to say the word Pooh. They're like, what? They think you're saying Pooh like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you a funny story. Right, this is this is the stupidest story, and the, it's a complete waste of time. But see beside that shop mods, right? There's a there's a cafe, <laughs> right? And it used to be called now let me get this right. It used to be called Taste, right? Taste, okay. And it was called Taste and it had five letters, T A S T E, and then a fried egg, right? <laughs> so it was called Taste. And then one day, so I don't know whether it was it was taken over by new people or they had to change their name. Okay. 
So they changed their name to Toast. Okay. But all they did, and I saw them doing it, because they had the T-A-S-T-E, they just, they already had T-S-T-E to make the word Toast, right? But they had no O. So they just used the fried egg, <laughs> right? So it became taste with a fried egg. And then the next day, the next day was toast, <laughs> but with the, with the fried egg as the O. So T-O-A-S-T. And, and oh, I always, like, I remember going, like, going laughing something that was the most amazing, funniest thing that they'd done this. Because obviously they went, right, we need to change your name, but yeah, we, yeah. we can't be arsed getting a new sign. So that, that means that there's an, like an E, an unused E. Just sitting in someone's house. Sitting in someone's house. <laughs> I really wonder, where is, your, where is that E? Where did the E go? But it's so clever. I don't know why they needed to change their name from taste to toast. Oh, man. But they obviously went, how do we change your name without having to change that That's sign? so smart. Just, you, we need to know. Necessity. No, we don't. The Use the fried egg. Like. Sorry. So that, that's, beside, that's beside the mods. There's taste and then there's mods and then there's a bakery and there's a chemist. And then, um, yeah, I don't know why I've told you that. The perks, the perks of City Living. Yeah, that's uh, up where I live on top of the Craigie Road. Well, Rixie, final question. Uh, one we always end on. Kind of actually in the same theme of some of the things we've talked about today. Um, if you could go back in time, let's say to like an 18-year-old version of yourself, and you had a few minutes of, you know, 18-year-old David's time, what sort of things would you say to him? I would just tell tell him, it's ironic come for me, he's highly strong and just babbles babbles along all the time, as you've probably heard if you've got the end of this podcast. <laughs> um, just to calm down, mm. not overthink absolutely everything and have a little bit of confidence. And yeah, stop, like, you know, I was so, and I still am really hard on myself, but so hard on myself back then and was such a, a target for 18, maybe not so much at 18, but certainly earlier than mm. that, such a target for people that would just make you, you know, bring the worst out of you. Yeah. And and also you need to know when you're you're 18 that nothing changes that much. Like, you know, whenever you're 18, you look at somebody who's 30 and you think that they're, they, they're like a completely alien oh, person. Yeah. You know, being 30, having a job, having a child, having a mortgage, all those things. Totally. Um, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, at some point in your life, you become this, you don't, yeah. the 18 year old version of me is not that different. Yeah. You sort of just, I just think once you hit 16, you sort of just stay, there's minor tweaks and changes, but it's like, you're the same kind of person on the yeah. inside, you know? So I'd like to go see the, the version I am now, slightly more, just a bit more content, still mm. highly strong, still anxious, still nervous, still all of those things, but a little bit more worldly, you know? You can know that now. You don't necessarily need to yeah. find that out. So I'd love to just take go. Just this, this is the way that it's going to be. Yeah. And the only difference between you now and when you're thirty is that 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 you'll have learned that none of this sort of stuff matters that much. Yeah. And um, and just being able to stand up for myself again, something I was never good at at school, and and you know, I used to like hide in the toilets and all at lunchtime and all that horrible things you do whenever you're getting mm. it tight, and to just go. You know, it's okay to sign up for yourself. It's mm-hmm. okay to to just tell someone where to go and to and and to call a bully a bully and yeah and um I would, and then I would show them my novel and go at least you've got some quite funny anecdotes out of this. Mm-hmm. So all those tre- horrendous things that happened to you, well, whenever you hit forty, you'll try and make a bit of money out of them. <laughs> <laughs> so it all wasn't for nothing. Here and help other people. You know, that's that's a. Well, I, I don't know about that, but I think I, I do think you know. Um, 
Young people, yeah, I, 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 it's very, very different. I mean, the landscape for kids now is just so different to what mm. it was like when I was, I was young, and, and in a way, I think that they're a lot better equipped for it. But yeah, just yeah, just just being a little bit more um, confident in your own in your own body. Very easy to say now, like sure. Yeah. But um, I wish someone had just taken me aside and gone, look, none of this stuff mm-hmm. really matters that much because mm-hmm. I don't think anyone ever did. And my parents are fantastic. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't yeah. like I was badly reared. I just think I was missing someone to sort of go, look, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. You know, this stuff will be forgotten about. Class. Tell us about your book launch. Where can we get it? When's it coming? Well, LottieTheRaven.com. Um, you can go as I speak to you now. And the book is as of maybe last night or this morning. I can't remember when I sent the final version off. So it's <gasps> off the printer. It'll be back, I think, on the 14th of September. So I'm going to start sending them out after Dad, that man. to anyone. So if you go to lollyraven.com and you buy your copy now, you'll have it um, uh, the, by the end of September. Going to have a launch. The only problem with the launch, the launch is going to be at the, on the, I think it's the, the 17th, I think, of, of October. We're going to have a launch. Um, but because of everything that's happening, we're not just putting anything in place just now because who the hell knows? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, we've hired a venue or I've got a venue. I'm going to have a daytime thing that's going to be more for young people. And yeah. Forestside very kindly sponsored the shirts on the front of the novel. Awesome. So, that, so we're going to have something during the day like um, with some, you know, keepy-uppy sort of skill football stars giving out copies of the book, competitions, all that sort of stuff at Forestside. And then some kind of an evening event for the grown-ups. Nice. Um, but... Uh, there is no point locking anything in yeah, because yeah, yeah. I had initially planned to have it before uh, an under-19 uh, international because that's, you know, spoiler alert, Lottie played for Northern Ireland, so that would have been just perfect. Yeah, But who, uh, who knows whether Absolutely. people are going to be able to watch football Absolutely. come October. So I'm not locking into anything. LottieTheRaven.com. Um, check it out. Check out the socials. All the updates will be there. There's loads of really lovely content from the actual girls in the real life Ravens. The, the women there have done have been brilliant. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot of videos. They've been so supportive, um, and it's just a brilliant club to follow. Anyway, you know, putting aside the novel, it's really fun following a grassroots grassroots football. For me, is everything. I'm, I'm big into football, but I'm not that bothered. I love United and go and see them. Old Trafford, all that. Northern Ireland, yes, great. But I love grassroots football. I love mm. feeling involved. I'm a Glentoran fan. I've been involved with the club. I've written for the programme. I've, you know, helped them develop their online ticket sales. Yeah. Um, and then with the, and, and, and managing the Ravens, it's like playing football manager, but in real life. <laughs> and it's so fun following that, gra- just that grassroots level yeah. of football is, is yeah. just, it, it, I thank God for it. I, I see if, if it wasn't for grassroots football, playing football and, and coaching football, Oh, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what I would do. Mm-hmm. I you see during lockdown when I couldn't do any of that. I, it was I was crawling the walls like. Sure. So, um, so if you want to follow and support a local, the most local underdogs, oh. the most grassroots kind of salt of the earth um, footballers, some of whom had never kicked a ball in their life until like two years ago, you could follow the Ravens. So Belfast Ravens on socials or lollytheraven.com. and uh, yeah, you can get the book. You can get. Brought you in a mug and everything. I know, man. I'm absolutely pumped. And, and I can't. I literally can't wait for the book to arrive so I can put it up uh, on display here in the studio. And, yes. Uh, yeah, exciting man. Well, here, Richie. Jay, what a treat! Thank you so much. No, honestly, man, really appreciate talking you talking about myself for an hour. Sharing every- <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> appreciate you sharing everything right. you did. And uh, yeah, for you listening, thanks so much for uh, spending this time with us. Like I said at the start, um, if it is your first time listening to Best Belfast, you can head to our website, search Belfast on any podcast app you may like or enjoy and you can check out over 
I think we're past the 160 mark now. Yeah, start with the Julian Simmons one. I really enjoyed <laughs> That was a favourite of mine. Um, yeah, he's so funny in that. Yeah, it's just really sweet or something. Really, yeah. a really, like really you, endeared you, you himself. You just said salt to the earth. Like, I, I just like hung up the phone that day. I was like, what a nice guy. Yeah, but you sort of know that. But it was just, he was just so, slightly self-deprecating or something. Yeah, well, and, but he's such, it's, he's such, a, such a strange, con- he's such a strange concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Who, who even is he? It's like, I know. What we, does he do? We were talking about him the other day and we're like, Julian Simmons was like the first personal brand in Northern Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> but why? I mean? Like, it was like he had Instagram before Instagram even existed. It's like, well, wow. He's a walking Instagram. He is, yeah. And when you see him walking down like the New York Yeah, he's always, road, I always see him in Castle Court. He's always there. He's a big, he's a really big deal. <laughs> he's, yeah. You know, and he has his, he has his kind of what he wants, like real confidence, on and, and, and yeah. he always, but he just <laughs> what, what even is he? He's like the guy that sold. What do you call the guy? In this, in the, uh, he sold all the who was is like whenever I was growing up, Gordon, somebody who was like involved with some super value or some shop. There's probably listeners screaming his name. But what did he do, Julian Simmons? What did he do? Why was he a big deal? Like I know he introduced Coronation Street, but is that it? Did he do anything else? I don't know. There's something about him. There's like yeah, a, it's there, there's a charisma. It's just it's potent. And you want to get your photo taken with him? He's hundred yeah. percent. He's such a big. He's like Barra Best. Why is I love Barra Best as a human being? He's great, but yeah. why is he such a big deal? <laughs> it's just these weird little things that they just these people become so Northern Irish. And if yeah. anybody slags them off from Northern Ireland, that's fine. But if anybody slags them off from anywhere else in the world, oh my word, you kick their shit. In. Totally. How dare you? Totally. Like, you know? like there was this mural went up. I think above the dirty onion uh, visual waste he yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. he painted it and Julian Simmons was was in it and I was like I'm so glad he was in that that's just it just captures it perfectly he's an institution he is an institution. he's a national treasure <laughs> yeah. but only in Northern Ireland yeah. oh deadly uh, so check that one out yeah listeners. totally mate I love that wee promo I appreciate that thank, thank you. you that's my intro finish now I can just uh, turn off the mic and uh, get on with the rest of the day but yeah thanks for listening really appreciate you and I uh, look forward to uh, catching you next time cheers Hi, I'm Rebecca, creative at Lines and Current, an online jewellery and accessories brand. And I live in East Belfast with my husband, John, who also works on our business with me and our three kids. I like listening to the Best of Belfast podcast because I really love to hear the nitty gritty stuff that comes with those types of unfiltered conversations that Matt has with his local guests. I'd say my favourite episode was probably that one with Grace Chambers, the 91-year-old parkrun record holder. I think for us, um, we really like what Matt is doing and we've loved supporting what he's doing. Um, He seems to just be shining a light on the Northern Irish people, community and exposing all those untold stories. So yeah, if you've been on the fence about joining the Producers Club and you'd miss Best of Belfast if it wasn't there, I'd recommend you consider joining today. You can do so over at bestofbelfast.org and I look forward to seeing you in the WhatsApp group soon.